This is really about being free to create what you want your life to look like. We each are our own hero. And how do we take the challenges that come our way and see those as the birth process of us becoming heroic? Can you meet that judgment that ultimately will surface with neutrality? This is the Wall Street Coach Podcast with Kim Ann Curtin. If you're looking for a community that's going to encourage you when chips are down, when you've had a successful trade and you want to actually celebrate that win, if you're looking for mindset coaching, then I invite you to consider joining TraderHeroJourney.com. While we do have some channels that are offered for free in the room, best membership, of course, is the one that includes hot seats with me and also office hours with me. I hope you'll check it out at TraderHeroJourney.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Wall Street Coach. Aloha, everybody. Welcome back to The Wall Street Coach podcast. I'm so happy you're here, and I'm so happy to have Megan Marlowe here as well. She is a senior trader at Pete Capital Trading, a devoted moderator for Bear Bulls Traders, and an avid biohacking enthusiast. Drawing upon diverse skill set cultivated during her career as a professional chef, she really maneuvers through high-stress trading environments and showcases constantly a creativity that knows no bounds. She is able to handle high stress. And as a chef, if you can't handle that, you are done pretty quickly. Megan, welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. It is an absolute honor. Oh, it's so good to have you here. Megan and I got to meet in California a few months ago at the Bear Bull Traders Conference. We hit it off like two peas in a pod. We also found out we have high appreciation of good whiskey. <laughs> Maybe too much good whiskey. Too much of an appreciation. Um, you're very generous sharing your very expensive Japanese whiskey for me, which I'll always be grateful. <laughs> it was my pleasure. I had such a blast meeting you. And, you know, sometimes you just meet somebody and it's just like your souls connect. And I was just like, this is my person. Like, and I just loved spending time with you. So I'm really excited that we get to do this together. Me too. Me too. Thank you. I felt exactly the same way. And it was just really fun to just laugh with you, learn and just talk about mindset and just the pivots that you've made. You know, you have this incredible background as a professional chef. Uh, you're even featured unbelievably on the television show Chop. You know, you're coming from this competitive LA where chefs, I'm sure there's more than a fair share of them. And yet here you are in trading. You have your career still as a chef, although I know trading's taking up more time for you. But I'm just curious what that pivot was like. High pressure seems to be something you're drawn to. I can think that. <laughs> Listen, Kim, I don't like to be bored. We'll just say that. <laughs> I, bet, I bet neither one are bored. <laughs> you know, I, I spent a lot of time in my chef career doing the really hard stuff. You know, like I would find that something would be just too easy for me and I would make it much more difficult. And I was always searching for that like cerebral part of cooking. Um, it was a lot of really, really hard blue collar work, right? And um, you have to have the right mindset to be in that sort of industry. It's very cutthroat. It's very difficult. 
Um, and I feel like trading was just kind of a natural thing for me to pivot to based on the fact that, you know, it's so cerebral. It's something that I've always really wanted out of a job um, and out of a career. And it's constantly keeping me on my toes. You know, I just said, I don't want to be bored. And it's, I mean, trading is like the least boring thing that you could do, right? It's different every day. When I was, you know, cooking full time, it was, you know, maybe you peel a bucket of potatoes every single day, you know, and it just, you get to a point where you're like, I don't want to do the same thing every day. And the market is different every single day. And it constantly is challenging you. You have to, you know, you have to not only be the best version of yourself, but you have to put in, you know, like 110% of what you can. And that's always what I've given. I've always given 110% of myself in my career, you know, in, in lots of parts of my life. And when you do something like cooking and you give 110%, you don't always get 110% back. But in trading, you if you give 110%, you usually get 110% back. I mean, it might be difficult and you don't get maybe the outcome you want right away, but the amount of effort you put in is really what you get back. Whereas there's kind of a ceiling in in the chef world. You know, there's only so much I mean, you can go really far, right? Like, obviously, I was on national television. I had built a really, you know, good career for myself. Um, but there is a limit that at some point, especially like what your body can handle, right? And so in trading, it's like you can you can give your all and you and the outcome, you see it. You see it daily. You see what you put in and, and how it's coming back to you. You see it very quickly. Yeah. You know, one of the things I was thinking about before our conversation, just as I was contemplating questions I wanted to ask you, I always love to talk about mindset, and I want to speak about that with you. But the thing that came up for me thinking about you as a chef and as a trader was attitude. And so the question I wanted to ask you is how important is attitude? And maybe that does have a little, you know, relationship to mindset, but you have such an infectious, half-glass-filled attitude just us getting sharing an Uber car that day, right? And the Uber car you had that, you know, or you didn't take an Uber, you took like somebody who said like a Lamborghini or something like, no matter what's happening, even the crazy, like you seem to have an attitude of like, okay, didn't see that coming, but I'm going to deal with it. How important is attitude <laughs> to the success of trading? I'm just giggling about this because for things when you are listening, I was given a ride in a Lamborghini and I thought this is going to be so fun. And then I took it and I was like, that was the most terrifying experience of my life. So I was like, oh, I'm taking an Uber home. Um, you know, that was fun. Let's take the Uber now. <laughs> um, we survived. <laughs> um, you know, I, I definitely think that attitude is very, very important because look, the market is going to beat you down. It is going to punch you to the ground, rip your soul out, and then ask you if you're still happy. And at the end of the day, you have to, you know, really ask yourself, is this something that I'm willing to, I don't want to necessarily use the word tolerate, but, but there is like a part of me that you have to tolerate kind of this like very stressful environment. Um, and to be able to show up and just say, look, I've chosen this path for myself. The outcome is, you know, maybe not what I want right now. Like any trader that's in the beginning of their career, they might be like, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I was looking for. 
But if you go into the day and you go into the trading day with that mindset, it is going to just smear across your screens, right? It's just going to, I mean, you're not going to trade your best. And it really does come down to, is your mindset right? And is your attitude right? I think that's a great question because if you show up with a bad attitude, you're going to have a bad freaking day. Absolutely. Absolutely. I so agree. But I just really feel that there's a level of enthusiasm that perhaps doesn't get discussed much, that you're going to have to have that enthusiasm for you to be able to even learn. I mean, to be at the top of your game as a chef and then to be able to step in with I, I mean, you tell me, how much knowledge did you have about the market before you decided oh, to pivot? Nothing. I mean, here's my life motto. Honestly, I truly believe that anything can be learned. Like, I was a self-taught chef as well. And I remember my first, one of my first clients that hired me was a very, very wealthy family. Um, and I remember being in their kitchen, which was like, five times the size of my apartment that I was in in LA at the time. And I'm standing behind their island and they asked me to cook a pork tenderloin for dinner. And at the time I was cooking meat, I'm no longer um, someone who cooks meat. I am plant-based, but I was cooking meat and I had never cooked a pork tenderloin in my life. I was self-taught. And I was behind their kitchen island looking at my phone, just at YouTube being like, how do I cook this? Right? Like I have to learn and I have to cook dinner in two hours. And, you know, I think the mindset that I've always kind of had is like, well, if that person can learn it, why not me, right? Like, why why not me? And so I've always kind of gone into things with that mentality. And so it was the same thing with trading. You know, I was like, if I can teach myself to cook um, and I can then become a successful chef who then gets asked to be put on national television, why can't I also trade? Like, all these stock bros are doing it. Why can't I? So, you know, I, I really taught myself how to do it. You know, I'm grateful that I landed on the Bearable Traders community. I learned a lot from them. I had a lot of support while I was learning. And I think it goes back to your question before about attitude and mindset, right? Like, why not me? If Joe Schmo can learn it, why can't I, right? It's hard. I'm not saying like, right. it's easy to please right. learn it. You know, it wasn't easy to learn to be a chef and cook for 1500 people at an event either but you know you just you believe in something and you want it bad enough I really think that you can learn it and you can do it and you can I think really think you can succeed at it with the right mindset as well yeah and believe in something but also I think believe in yourself where do you feel your belief in yourself comes from oh wow that is a really really good question you know I think that my parents ran like a very successful uh, music business when I was growing up. And so they spent a lot of time working when I was a kid. And I think I spent a lot of time, like not, I don't want to say alone because my parents are amazing, but like I spent a lot of time doing a lot of things on my own, I guess you could say. And I think that you grow a lot of confidence when you do things on your own, right? If somebody hand feeds you and spoon, feed, spoon feeds you your whole life, um, it's going to be really hard for you to believe in yourself that you could fake your confidence, but it really comes from doing the things and showing yourself that you that you can do something and that, you know, really building that trust in yourself. I think we had this conversation actually in San Diego, yeah, right? Right. Yeah. About like, if you don't deliver like what you say you're going to do, then you no longer trust yourself. And like you want to trust yourself. So I think I've always been someone that's true to my word as well. So if I say I'm going to do something, I will do it. And that has 
given me not only trust in myself, but the confidence and the, and the mental state to really like push forward. Yeah, beautiful. So it's such a great thing to speak to. And I think especially just, you know, as a coach, traders specifically will say, didn't listen to my stop or I didn't follow my strategy. And the first thing I want to say to them is, you know, I ask them usually if they're in a relationship, a committed relationship. And then I ask them who their famous, you know, movie star is they're attracted to. And I was like, do you, do you get a pass if, you know, this person shows up from your committed relationship? And they're like, oh, no. I'm like, why? Because you have a commitment? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, huh. But you don't have a commitment to this thought or to your strategy. Like, it's as though there's an exception. But then I truly feel that erodes that self-trust. I'm just so glad you brought that up because that's self-trust in yourself. Forget anybody else. Yeah. You keep your word to yourself. And how have you handled it when you didn't keep your word to yourself? What's your pivot? How do you navigate that? Yeah, I usually do a lot of like kind of inner work after moments like that where I really sit and like just, you know, have a lot of like deep think time, you know, kind of just a lot of internal dialogue. Like, why do we think that happened? And not like in a judgmental way. I think a lot of people, when they're trying to figure out what's going on within themselves, they, they start with things like, you're stupid, you're an idiot. Why did you do these things? And that is also going to like totally ruin your confidence in yourself, right? I do a lot of like curiosity questions, I think. And I think always leading with curiosity is like one of the best things we can do, whether it's with yourself or with anybody else. I'm always very curious, like, well, what's going on? And I think that, um, you know, I've always kind of been like that. And I now have like an even better script because I have worked with a coach as well. And so I'm able to be like, well, have you spent any time by yourself this week? <laughs> you know, like now I know kind of the things that throw me off or cause me to not do the things I'm going to say. And I have like those little blips in my character or, you know, in my trading. And I'm like, something's going on. Have you gone to the gym at all this week? Or like, <laughs> how many bars of chocolate did you have? Like, maybe you just need to chill out a little bit. Totally. Are you comfortable sharing what the experience with your coach was like and even who the coach was? Because I happen to know and I love her too. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, my coach was Krata at Krata Perform. And she is absolutely amazing. Maybe you can like put a little link for her in here absolutely. as well. Absolutely in Absolutely. the show notes. She was phenomenal. I think I worked with her for like 12 or maybe 16 weeks. We really stretched it out over the holidays because I was taking some breaks. But yeah, you know, I, what's interesting about coaching versus like therapy, because I've done years of therapy. I think that with therapy, you really like kind of let out your thoughts and then they kind of guide you into like maybe some actions you could take. But with coaching, you're reflecting on who you are and what you're struggling with. But there's also like a structured approach of what to do. Like when you get yourself into these moments, it's almost like reframing yourself a little bit when you, especially in trading, when you come from like a past career, any career, uh, you have these tools that you've built over these um, years that you've spent in something, whether you're a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, anything. And what served you then might not serve you the same now. Right. And in coaching, working with a coach, you're really able to kind of see that because maybe it wasn't something so terrible before, right? Like my ability to work 48 hours on my feet and push through pain. And like, I always thought that was like one of my best characteristics, right? Like 
yeah, sure, I can do that event for 1,500 people and I just won't sleep for three days and I got this, like, I can do it. But in the trading world, like, that doesn't work. That part of you that is, like, really great and served well in this one area might not serve you in trading. And I think that it takes a coach sometimes to kind of pivot your brain a little bit to be like, is this tool that I have, which is a great tool, don't get rid of it, but is it the right tool for this thing that I'm trying to do? And I think that working with a coach is what really helped me with that. And also like remembering to like take me time because that was something that she like really like pounded into me. Like anytime I had a bad day, she was like, have you spent any time with Megan? Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. What a great question. And just that perspective, especially, look, I don't think it's a stretch to call you a high achiever. And I suspect that high achievers have that in common, uh, that, you know, perhaps not as much emphasis on spending time with themselves and their own needs. It's a gift and a cross, right? These are qualities that it can be a gift, can help you push through when necessary. But at times, if they become a way of life, can be costly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and sometimes, you know, especially when you work in the service industry, that is you are in service of everybody else. Right. I mean, that is what hospitality is. And to come to something and to not just be, a you know, sitting in front of a computer all day and really just like being a service to my screens, you know, you have to ask yourself, like, I need to be a service to myself. Am I being a ser- of service to myself? For sure. One of the things I definitely want to speak to before we hop over to the Twitter space, uh, which we're going to do in just a few minutes, is just talk a little bit about the importance of understanding how your body ticks. One of the words you use to describe it is biohacking. I remember when we met, you know, you had on uh, the bracelet and you were, there it is, there it is. And you're talking about like how much beer you could have or food and when and sleep. And we had this whole amazing conversation about that. So just share how and when you're paying attention to your physical body's needs and levels become important to you. Because I feel so many traders would be served by this. And I advocate it often. Yeah, that's a great question. And I agree with you. I wish more traders paid attention to this component because I really think what goes on inside of us physically, mentally, it can make you the best trader or the absolute worst trader. But to answer your question, I, you know, I grew up pretty overweight. And when I was 22, I had this life epiphany and I just woke up and I was like, I'm going to run a half marathon. I could not run to save my life. And I just signed up for this half marathon through the mountains alone. Like this just gives you part of my personality, right? Not flat ground, just the mountains. <laughs> if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. That's literally my, like me in a nutshell. And, you know, from that moment on, I found a connection to my body and started to really notice what my body needed and how certain things started to affect me, whether it was food or alcohol or sleep. And I got really into all these different things that you can do to amplify, like, your mind, not just your body, but your mind. So, breath work, um, cold plunges. You know, I'm like the crazy person out here in the winter who is getting in their pool when it's like 50 degrees. Yeah. And I, I can see how that stuff can really affect trading as well. You know, um, I mean, sleep, we all know as traders, like if you get a poor night's sleep, like you're going to trade like trash, like let's just be honest. So, you know, ever since that moment in my life, 
I just have really paid attention to what's going on and and how different things affect me. And I I've paid attention so long now that even like the most minute thing, I notice it when it happens and I'm like, oh, I need like 30 more minutes of sleep tonight and I'll feel a little bit better. Or, you know, instead of like getting to a point where you're just totally burnt out and your body is like, I don't feel good. Yep, totally. Are you comfortable sharing the brand that you use? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So this is Whoop, W-H-O-O-P. And it's an amazing strap band on my arm. And I've used it since like 2019, you know, a few years now. And it's pretty amazing. I will say like, especially if you're someone who really pushes yourself, like whether it's working really late or working out really hard. Um, I used to get injured all the time. And I was always working out way past what I needed to do and just pushing myself way beyond sleep and all of these things. And it really dives in and tells you like, look, if you're not going to sleep, then here's how much you can like move today. And then you need to go like sit on the couch. You know, it's, it's really fine tuned to how much strain you can put on yourself before you've now tapped into a stress mode that's probably going to make you sick. And so I knock on wood, but I don't think I've been injured since I got this band. And I'm telling you, I was constantly injuring myself because of either lack of sleep, pushing myself too hard, working too hard. Um, And this has really, you know, it's helped me. Like I was already kind of in, you know, in tune with everything, but it's really helped me see. I'm someone that likes also likes to see the stats of stuff, you know, so I'm able to be like, okay, I can work out or push myself to this or I'm in the red zone today. Maybe I should trade in the simulator. You know, maybe I should take off some risk. Right. Um, right. So that's been cool for trading as well. That's awesome. I'm so glad that you're willing to speak about it because I feel a lot of traders don't really see themselves as the Olympians they are. Yes. In the most competitive game in the world. And it's almost like they're not really conscious to that, which is kind of startling in today's day and age where we're tracking even our steps. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and y- you know, you mentioned you're in the most competitive place, right? It's, I mean, it's like sports amplified. And you're not just in competition with people that like only trade the best as you. You're also like in competition with Godzilla and King Kong, like all these hedge funds that have way more money than you probably do. I mean, not probably, they do. They do, exactly. <laughs> and, and so, I mean... The deck is stacked so high against you that the best thing you can do and the one thing that you have control over is how you take care of yourself. And I will preach that to the choir until I die. Like, take care of yourself because that is how you become a consistently profitable trader. Yeah. Yeah. What do you feel separates good traders from great traders? Me. I think that great traders are the ones that are willing to ask questions and set their ego aside. Mm -hmm. I work with a lot of um, mentees and I find that the ones that excel the fastest are the ones that ask the great questions and they're willing to listen, right? It's not just a question and then they tell you what they think over and over and over again and they don't change anything. It's they ask you a question, they're actually curious and I've seen them progress way faster than people that don't ask questions and are just looking for you to give them all the answers. So those that ask questions excel much faster and become great traders. Yeah. Do you feel those that are looking for the answers, what's the motive of that? I know it's, you know, just an assumption on your part, but do you think it's because they've been so conditioned to do it the right way? Or do you think they're just, you know, lazy? (laughs) I mean... 
You mean like the when they're asking questions? Yeah, that they don't want to like figure it out. They just want to be told a template or some just tell me what to do. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely those traders. I think the ones that just want to be told what to do are the ones that haven't really put in enough work. And you use the term lazy and I, that could actually be the term to go with it, right? And it's the ones that put in the work that ask the questions, right? Which almost seems counterintuitive in some way, because if you're putting in the work, like maybe you don't have as many questions, but the ones that are putting in the work have, I mean, I get sheets of questions before meetings sometimes. So yeah, I think the ones that are just coming and looking for you to tell them like, these are all the things you need to do um, without asking any sort of questions or getting curious are probably the ones that aren't putting in as much effort or as much work. Yeah. So I'd love that answer because what it I think shows is that being comfortable with those questions is indicative of how complex the jungle of trading is. Like if you are in the deep, dark forest, you should have thousands of questions. <laughs> I agree. Don't, that could be a red flag that you <laughs> haven't done enough homework. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, ego gets in the way more times than not in this industry. And it's sad because there are a lot of people who really could be great traders, but they have a hard time setting their ego aside. And if there was ever a career or an industry to set your ego aside, it is trading. I kind of feel it's like the best school of enlightenment there could ever be because it's going to force you consistently to be with the parts yourself you don't want to look at. <laughs> it's so true. But you want to know what I love is that, you know, I worked in, you know, the hospitality industry for a long time and I had like a group of people that I, you know, communicated with and everything. But there is something about traders because of the hell you go through where you have to become this like machine of a person mentally and like physically and just like bring up the deepest dark roots of your soul to make it in this industry. And so what I'm trying to get at is that most people who do succeed in this field are some of the most humble, beautiful humans I have ever met. And people in stock trading get such a bad rap, you know, from people that don't understand the field. And I'm like, the people that I've met are the best people because of all the work they had to do on themselves to get to this place. 100% agree. 100% agree. The ones that are giving it a bad name are the ones who are in it just for the, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And they are out and they are probably the ones talking the most about it because the ones that are actually succeeding, they're not flashy about it. They're keeping yeah. it to themselves and realizing how much they had to kill, you know, that lowercase e ego to get to that place of success. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a great quote from Anthony DeMeo and it says that most people want relief. They don't want the cure because the cure is painful. Ah, uh, yes, yes. I mean, you have to dredge through hell to, like, find the cure here. <laughs> and it's possibly always moving out of reach or because you get one cure, but then you level up as a trader and you have to yeah. go get the next cure, right? Absolutely, yeah. So it's just a very hard game. All right, so we'll go over to Twitter space. Is there anything that you wanted to say 
in this part before we transition over there. What's your go-to advice to those when you work as a moderator, of course, for bear pull traders, and you're working even with sophisticated traders who are perhaps having to level up? What's your go-to advice for them? Definitely patience, right? We get into this career thinking that it's going to happen quickly. And then sometimes you put in two, three years and you're still not where you are. And you get a, I get a lot of people that come to me that have been in this for a while and they you know, ask, I thought I would be further than I am right now. And that expectation can really burn you, right? Really beat down your confidence. And going back to the beginning of this podcast, like you want to have that confidence in yourself. So not setting such high expectations, having goals is good, right? It gives you something to reach for and to strive for, but align your expectations accordingly and have patience. Patience is one of the hardest things to cultivate, but it will get you far in this industry if you just calm down, chill out and, you know, ride the wave. Beautiful, beautiful. Aloha. So uh, excited for this Twitter space today with a very special friend of mine, Megan Marlowe. Mike, I'm glad you're here. Hopefully, we'll have uh, even more people who signed up come into the room. We're trying to get uh, Megan hooked up here so she can speak. I keep sending an invite, but I'm not sure it's, that's coming through. But you can always put in uh, your own request to Megan. My name is Kim Ann Curtin. I'm the Wall Street coach. I have the only Discord trading room dedicated to mindset called TraderHeroJourney.com. Uh, I host the Wall Street Coach podcast and these Twitter spaces uh, and guide a select group of traders and investors on how to secure success with less pain. Megan is a senior trader at Peak Capital Trading, a devoted moderator for Bear Bull Traders and an avid biohacking enthusiast. Uh, she and I got to meet at the Bear Bull Trader Conference that Andrew Aziz hosted. Andrew, I'm glad you're here. And we really connected very quickly over just personal development, self-development, and of course, Japanese whiskey, which she and I both happen to really enjoy. Megan, I'm so happy to have this conversation uh, with you today. So glad you're here. Thank you, Cam. It's a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. I had such a blast with you wow. in San Diego. I know I can't look at Japanese whiskey and not think of <laughs> I'm honored to be in such a company at Japanese. <laughs> um, one of the things that really, uh, you know, Rhett, I think just why we connected so deeply is honestly more than anything else, we both have a really deep, wide Grand Canyon version of curiosity. And what I really got from you over that, those couple of days was just that you use that curiosity and approach everything but especially your trading. So I'd love you to just share with our listeners uh, and just let you know, guys, this is part two of an interview I'm having with Megan. Part two, we just did by Zoom video and the entire podcast will drop in two weeks. So Megan Boyer, what kind of got piqued your curiosity to begin with when you did make the pivot to trading? Yeah, I think the, the biggest part of it for me, curiosity-wise, was how far can I take this, right? I mean, when you work in, you know, any sort of other industry, there is some sort of ceiling. There's some sort of cap to what you're able to do. Um, you can go really far in a lot of stuff, but there's something about trading where it's like, there really is no limit to it. And I found that so intriguing and it really sparked my curiosity with it. And I've always been someone who likes to push myself way past 
probably what I should be doing most of the time. And, you know, but this is something where it's like, how far can I take it? And what, how much can I push myself in this, in this career? How much money can you make? How many lives can you change? How many people can you help? I mean, there's so many different things that so many different directions you can go and how you let trading, you know, come into your life. And I think just that overall curiosity of, of where is this going to go and where could it take me is something that really kept me going with this. And, and in the beginning, I would have never thought I would be, you know, working alongside Andrew and, and variable traders and, you know, being part of the team at Peak Capital. That was never part of it for me. And, um, you know, that curiosity mindset of just, you know, I'm open, where will this go is, you know, it led me down a great path that I'm really, I'm really grateful for. And I'm, I'm happy to be where I am. Oh, it's so beautiful. One of the things I'm just curious about is how did your professional chef quite successful? We just talked in part one of this podcast uh, interview about, you know, the fact that you even learned an episode of CHOP. Who told you about trading? How did you get exposed to trading in the first place? <laughs> so actually, my wife introduced me to it because she's she was saying, you know, you've always been good with with math. Like, I think that you would be really good at this. Like, it seems challenging. You've always kind of wanted something that was like really challenging for you. And, you know, I was I just kind of like put it aside and never really never really thought anything of it. And um, at first I was just like, oh, this trading thing, no big deal. And then I don't know, she planted a seed and it's just that seed grew into something. And now it's like a mighty oak tree that just keeps getting leaves on it. That's awesome. How did you first dip your foot in the pool? You know, I did a lot of YouTube videos. That is where I started. So, you know, thank God for YouTube. I mean, I was saying earlier in the beginning when we were chatting, you know, for the podcast part of this, that, uh, you know, I taught myself how to cook as well. Like, I really believe that anything can be learned. And most of what I learned to become a chef was on YouTube, right? I mean, that is where I learned it. And so with trading, I learned a lot of it from YouTube. I learned, you know, a lot of it from trial kind of memberships within communities. Um, and eventually I landed on Andrew's book and it, you know, how to day trade for a living. And that was something that I was like, all right, okay, this is starting to seem pretty cool. It's sticking. Let me just kind of keep dabbling. And from there, I just, con you know, continued education with it. Give us the timeline as to when you started to really start to do your own self-education to where you are now. What, what's that timeline look like? So probably about five-ish years ago is probably when I started just dabbling in most of this and then really ended up full-time in it probably about three and a half years ago. What's it like to be a senior trader at Peak Capital and to be a moderator for Bear Bold Traders? <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, I, I think that like, when you get into any sort of new career path or new industry, you are just like overwhelmed with what's going on or where things are going. And, you know, being a part of this community and Peak Capital has been such a cool experience. And it's one of those things where we talked about confidence in yourself earlier. And I think that if you, you know, if I was someone that didn't have confidence in myself, I would not be able to handle being a part of a team that has as much experience as they have, but they are so kind and so generous and we just have a blast together and I love being a part of it. It's fantastic. I can chat to the amazing uh, human beings. Getting to meet you, Andrew, and you two are in person. 
you guys came across great online and in our Zoom call, but to meet you both in person and your whole team was truly a pleasure and an honor. I'm just curious for yourself, Megan, I don't know if you're comfortable sharing your age, but there are a lot of people who I think believe it could be too late to become a trader. Just talk about if that was a thought you had, especially having spent so much time building a career as a professional chef, was there ever this doubt at the beginning, like, oh, I might be too old to pivot? That's a really interesting question. It's funny that you asked that, though, because I think my brain is constantly stuck at age 23. No matter how far away I get from age 23, <laughs> I can't tell you how many papers I've filled out that are, like ask me my age and I put 23. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm 36. So it didn't really cross my mind. No. Um, you know, I think maybe just all of those articles that you see that, you know, Oprah made it when she was however old she was is really what gives you the motivation to persevere. If somebody is at a place, a crossroads, what would you say are the, let's say, criteria they want to ask themselves if pivoting to trading full time is right for them? I would have them ask themselves first, how much time are you willing to put into this, right? Because I think a lot of people come into this industry and just, you know, think it's going to happen overnight. And that it is really not the case. And I mean, I can even say from personal experience, I came into this thinking, oh, yeah, I can make a quick thousand bucks a day. No big deal. And then I'll just amplify that. You know, next year I'll be a millionaire. And a lot of people come into it like that. So I think that, you know, coming in and really asking yourself, do I have the time that it's going to take to do this? You know, and whether it's you have a, you can do it full time, you know, that's one thing. But, you know, doing it part time as well while you work another job and just know that it's probably going to take a little bit longer. But but asking yourself if you really have the time and the energy and the motivation to come into this. And, and I think that what's great about trading is that you can test drive it, right? Like there's a lot of free simulators and things to to try. We have at Bearable Traders, we have tradingterminal.com and it has a free replay simulator on it. So like, even if you don't have a trading platform, you can try that and, you know, use it to your advantage. And then you might say, I don't have enough time for this. So I'm going to leave and go to my full-time job. And maybe I'll test drive trading again in like two years, right? It'll always be here. So if you come into this and you realize I don't have enough time to really get to where I need to go, because this is going to take a lot of effort. Maybe you come back when you do have that time. And training will be here. And we'll all be here, hopefully, too. Beautiful answer. This is an unusual question, but I have to ask you, what's similar about being a professional chef or cook and trading? Definitely the stress. <laughs> Except, <laughs> Except, you know, with cooking, it was so physically demanding. It was it was a lot of mental stress as well. You know, am I going to get this there on time? Is this going to turn out good? Um, but it was also physical stress. So I've just been, you know, working in careers for so long where it's just a high stress situation. So I think that that for me was a very comfortable transition almost to trading. So I think if you come from something that's not stressful, be prepared for that. I've always had a really high stress tolerance and, you know, high risk tolerance for most of my life. And so I feel like transitioning to trading was a pretty easy transition. But for those people who are, you know, thinking of coming into trading, if you come from a job that's not that stressful, I would just say, you know, wet your whistle a little bit and get ready. Get ready. Buckle up. Buckle up, buddy. <laughs> I have to say I've had limited exposure to chefs in my life in a professional capacity, but there was a time when I was a banquet manager, a very large like 
historical kind of experience place. And that chef was so frightening that I would do anything to avoid the kitchen because he just was full throttle. I'm curious, like plates flying across the room, so on and so forth. I'm just curious, Megan, did you ever throw a plate across a kitchen <laughs> as a professional chef? <laughs> no, no. You know, I'm more of um, an internal angry type person. <laughs> so I'm more like throwing plates on the inside while I'm just like cursing your name. <laughs> So no, I, no plates were thrown, at least not at anybody. Um, I've definitely thrown my fair share of dishes in the kitchen out of frustration when no one else is there, but, but not at anyone in particular. I'm too nice, Kim. Come on. <laughs> I just want to jerk. Like if the cold comes on, you knock them out properly. What your response to that went a bit way back when before treating, you know, helps you up level your enlightenment, which we've also talked about before, one. It really has. Like, I mean, I think that you find out who you are really as a person. You think you know who you are and then you start trading and you're like, wow, there's a whole other side of me and a whole a whole person in there that I, I think's just been like in captivity and now they're coming out. And then you have to really, you know, reconcile how to deal with this other side of yourself that you have been suppressing for so long. Yeah. And that was something you spoke about in part one, too, that I'd love you to just expand upon. We talked about how when we see perhaps that shadow side of ourselves, uh, to not judge it or shame it, but to get curious about it. Just talk a little bit about how that has served you uh, just as a person, but of course, obviously, as a trader. Yeah, I think that's an excellent question. So, you know, when something goes wrong in life, I think that we're so quick to, you know, talk terribly to ourselves, whether it's out loud or internally, you know, I, you know, I failed at this, I'm terrible, you know, I'm an asshole, like all of these things. And I think that those are the types of things that tear us down internally as humans that cause us to, you know, we talked about this, like to not trust yourself, to lose confidence in yourself and to almost dislike yourself, right? Because if I was to look in the mirror and say those things to myself, it would be really hard to look back at myself. And so the one thing that's helped me a lot in trading is that when I have a bad day or a bad week or, you know, maybe even a bad month, I'm spending a lot of time internally with curiosity rather than a voice of negativity. So asking myself, you know, why did that happen? You know, and have you had enough time to yourself today? Have you even gone to the gym this week? Like, you know, are you eating right? Like, you know, what's going on? Let's get curious about this. Is your strategy just not what you want? Are you just like trying to trade a strategy that maybe doesn't serve you and you, you'd be better off suited trading something different? You know, really asking questions about what's going on. And from that, you, you get kind of subconscious answers, right? Because if you talk to yourself and talk down to yourself, the answers you get back are usually just like, you know, sadness, really. But when you come to yourself with curiosity, the same way you would with somebody else, you get the answers that you really need, right? Subconscious internal answers come up and they're just like, this is what I need for myself right now. And then you can help yourself, right? You can guide yourself to what, to what you really need. Beautiful. If you guys are enjoying this conversation, please uh, tweet it out so we can have more people enjoy some of the wisdom that Megan has worked very hard to gather over these years. Be sure to follow her on Twitter. She's also on Instagram. 
under Megan Marlowe, and you can also find her on YouTube under Megan Marlowe 7718. I'm just curious, Megan, for yourself, what do you see as your future goals? Do you, do you set goals for yourself? Does that work for you? Or do you like to, you know, kind of keep it very specific or more broad when it comes to goals for yourself as a trader and or just as a person? You know, I've always been someone that sets the far reaching goals, like the ones that are just they're so far out there that they would be hard to achieve tomorrow. Um, and one thing that trading has taught me is that to get to that thing that you just continue to have your eye set on, you really have to work backwards and break it down to a like a closer scenario. Right. So take something that's super far away, break it down to the next month, the week the day. Um, and I, so I always have like a constant list of goals going, whether they're, you know, performance goals, how do I want to perform this week, this month, outcome goals, it could be money, it could be material things, um, doesn't necessarily have to be that. But I think that having something that gets you out of bed in the morning, and that can be just showing up to be the best version of yourself, right? You have a checklist or a, a sheet that you look at and you're like, did I trade my best? What did I show up the way I was supposed to? Did I do my pre-market prep? Did I get in the hot tub today? Because that's definitely on my checklist. <laughs> Just asking yourself these questions can drive you to be a better person, a better trader, and actually achieve the goals that you set out for yourself. It's beautiful. What do you feel undermines traders, be it sophisticated traders or new traders the most? What is it that they miss? Thinking that they know everything. I think that's the most difficult part, right? Because even if you've been in this industry for decades, there is still somewhere in the market that's going to just surprise you, right? And I think that it goes back to your question about curiosity. The more we can show up to this with curiosity, the better we're going to be at it and the easier it will be to survive. Do you feel that there are certain steps that people can take to develop their curiosity if it's not something they're perhaps used to. Certainly our educational system, for the most part, doesn't seem to encourage it. Encourage getting an A. It encourages being right. And yet curiosity is sort of a different landscape to live in. What did you do to develop it in yourself? And what do you recommend others use? Yeah, I think one of the simplest things to do is to, if you're not someone that it just comes naturally, like anything with life, if something just doesn't come naturally, I think writing it down is one of the best ways to get comfortable with it. So it's almost like trying to take this like ball that you can't quite jumble or like, you know, clean up in your head and putting it down somewhere that's really clear cut. So just taking, a, you know, maybe a 30 minute hour session to sit down and, and write out questions that you can easily answer for yourself. And they're just the same questions maybe every day, or maybe it's a list of a few questions that you come back to if you've had a bad day. So you you break out the notes that say, you know, had a bad day, here, here's what I should ask myself. And creating this list when we're in a place of, you know, low stress and our, you know, prefrontal cortex is online, right? And we can actually think with our logical brain, writing these questions down while we're not in a high stress environment. And then when we're in that moment where we're starting to beat ourselves up or, you know, our emotional brain has just taken over us, we can bring up this list or these questions that we've drawn up from the moment where we were home and we can just go through them and answer them without having to really think about it or figure out what's my curiosity questioning to be and then the mean voice that comes over and it takes over. This is just a way to put your focus on something that you 
put together when you were thinking clearly and it can get you in that state of curiosity much faster than you can sometimes when you're not in the right headspace. One of the things we talked about is how you are an enthusiast about biohacking and it's pronounced WAP. Your bracelet tracker is called WOOP. Let's just talk a little bit about that. We did in part one, but I'm just curious what your day-to-day looks like when you're going to trade. It probably starts the night before, but just walk us through why you use WOOP and what about your patterns for your lifestyle that support your trading that might be important to share. I love this question so much. So WHOOP, W-H-O-O-P, I've used it for like four years or so now at this point. And um, what's really cool about it is there's this part of us that says, you know, I went to bed at midnight and I woke up at eight, so I got eight hours of sleep. But the metrics that it tracks across your sleep patterns for the night, depending on how well you sleep and whether you ate really late or you, you drank alcohol the night before, whatever it might be, you might be in bed for eight hours thinking you're asleep. You might wake up in the morning and it tells you that you only had like three hours of sleep. And so having that sort of data set across the week or the month can help you like get back on track if you fall off track. And so they have this part of their app where you put in for your performance the next day, whether you want to peak, perform, or just get by. So you have three choices. And when you put it in, if I say I want to peak tomorrow, so I want to have like the best trading day ever, I'll say, what time do I need to go to bed tonight? And it will, from the strain that I've done throughout the day or the week and how much sleep I've gotten over the past few days, it'll say, if you want to peak tomorrow, you have to go to bed at like 6.30 p.m. And sometimes it actually does tell me that because I pushed myself too hard and it's saying, you got to go to bed at 6.30 p.m. if you want to get up at five and have the best day of your life. And then you can also choose perform. It's really helped me know how much sleep I need, because that's a huge thing for traders is like getting enough sleep to trade well, and also how far to push myself. So if I've been working, you know, 14, 16 hours, or I've, you know, had a crazy workout during the day or something, it helps me know how far to push my strain level. And it's helped me not get injured so much. I used to get injured all the time. But they also what's interesting for trading is they just added this like stress monitor section. And so that's been fun to track because For the most part, I am calm while I'm trading, unless I break a rule. And I will tell you, if I break a rule, the stress level does go up. So it's pretty interesting to see the physical response that your body does to you when you are not, you know, doing the thing that you would do to uh, instill trust and confidence in yourself. So it can get you back on track really fast when you see that and you're like, that's not good. That is so fantastic that it's tracking your stress and not surprised that not following your own rules is causing uh, high levels of stress. But just to have it in front of you must be a profoundly different experience than just thinking I'm probably being impacted by this. Yeah, for sure. For sure. If you guys are enjoying this conversation, please retweet it out. Thank you, Mike, for doing that and already as well. This is a two-part interview with Megan Marlowe. She is the senior trading at Keep Capital Trading and a devoted moderator for Bear Bull Traders. We do want to take questions, so if anybody has any questions, please put in the request. Very glad to have you here, Andrew. I just got to do a Twitter space with Andrew last week about him summiting Everest, and we talked so much about mindset in that conversation. I'm just curious, Megan, what is it that you've learned working with Andrew 
all of this time? What what are the things that you feel as a trader he's impacted you as a trader? How has he impacted you? I mean, first of all, like Andrew's mindset is above all else. Like it's amazing to work with somebody that like strives mentally to push through hard things the way that he does is something that I'm like so happy to work alongside someone like that because for a long time I'm like I've been the person in my field that is that person and nobody else ever wants to push the way that I push and to watch Andrew the way that he pushes through and he succeeds and and he gets up and he tries again right like his Everest story is amazing like when he posted that it was go- that he was having a hard time, I was like, wow. And all this time I thought Everest was going to be easy. Like there was a part of me that was like, I could climb Everest, no big deal. And then I saw Andrew's post and I was like, wow, if Andrew's having a hard time, man, I really, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> so to see him like really push through and succeed is just such a great, a great thing. And it's great to work alongside of him and just have somebody that has a similar mentality. I love that about him. He's a great guy. And, and it's, it's an honor to be a part of his community. And Andrew, I just want to speak to how authentic you are around challenges you have faced previously and, you know, faced in that summiting of the Empress. I find that it doesn't happen enough where traders uh, show, you know, are vulnerable and speak to the challenges and speak to the not pretty part of their life. And Meg and I find you do that as well. And you too, Artie, you all are very genuine. You don't uh, put up airs. You're just incredibly authentic and it's, it's really refreshing. So just thank you all three of you for doing that. Megan, what are your thoughts on AI and trading? How are you navigating all that we see every day about AI? What's your relationship to AI at all? And or what do you see coming down the pike? Yeah, with, I think the coolest thing about it, I mean, I know a lot of people are like you know, scared of it, which I mean, there might be something scary about it. I don't know. I mean, the stocks that are mentioned in AI are super fun to trade. But as far as AI as a standalone and how it can help with trading, I have actually found it really fascinating as a learning tool because like I was saying, you know, most of the things that I've learned in life, like in most of my, you know, my career and what I've achieved is a lot of it's I've learned from from YouTube, right? And so, and just kind of scouring the internet for answers most of the time. So to have something that you can, you know, I can go on there and I can say, if I do this option call spread with a 0.3 delta, you know, like I can just ask it this question and then it can give me something back and I can say, okay, that's interesting. And then go over to a trade that I'm thinking about and say, okay, that could be cool, but what if I did this? And then I can go back to, you know, an AI platform like ChatGPT and ask it a question. I think it's so cool. I think that if you're someone who loves extended learning, I think AI is amazing in that aspect. I think that it's going to make a lot of interesting moves in the future for sure. And I'm excited about it. I'm excited to trade the stocks mostly, but um, I think it's going to be cool for people who are really trying to learn. I'm just kind of curious for yourself. Let's walk through like what that day to day looks like. Uh, we started to go down this road before, but we're going to just circle back. Are you paying attention the night before you know you're going to trade what you're eating, what you're drinking? Can you just give us a sense of like how you prepare for a trading day and what the week looks like? For sure. So. I noticed pretty early on in my trading journey how the evening before would affect me. I mean, honestly, even like 
a couple glasses of wine, I noticed that it threw off my performance. Um, I know a lot of people on here don't want to hear that. So I'm always like, you know, treading water when I mention alcohol and food is going to totally affect your performance. There are plenty of people who eat like crap and drink like crap and smoke and, you know, make a ton of money. So there are those people out there. But I noticed for me specifically that drinking the night before definitely affected my trading, even if it wasn't a lot of a lot of drinking. So I make it a point. I would say I probably hit this 95% of the time that I don't drink a night before trading. So that means that I don't drink Sunday through Thursday, right? And I rarely drink on the weekends anyways, but you know, I've noticed how it affects my trading. And when money is on the line, you make some pretty interesting decisions with what you're going to do with your life. I think that like, if you really care, you know, um, and using this app and this fitness band has really opened my eyes because you wake up in a state of stress and in a red zone, and then you see your trading performance for the day and you're like, okay, well, that makes sense. And I think that when our mind is our main tool in our job and our career, my body mostly used to be my main tool, right? And so now that it's my mind, I find it very important that I'm fueling properly and I'm hydrating and I'm getting the right amount of sleep. It's, it's a two-part conversation with Meg and I just had the good fortune to speak with her over Zoom. And part one and this part two will both be released on my podcast, The Wall Street Coach, in about two weeks. I hope you'll listen into it. I also did it to her space with Andrew Aziz last week uh, in reference to him climbing to the top of Mount Everest. And we talked about how mindset is so important to either physical, you know, pursuits we create for ourselves, never mind trading. Let's just talk about mindset now, Megan. We talked about it a little bit in part one, but I'm just curious for you. When did your focus on your mindset, especially because of, you know, becoming a, a successful chef in LA is, I think, probably maybe acting might be a step above that, but I'm not even so sure. Because <laughs> you know how much goes into being a successful chef, just being a chef, never mind being successful. So I'm just curious, did mindset and the importance of that show up as you built yourself as a successful chef in the hardest place probably in the world to become one? Or did it happen as you started trading? No, it, it definitely started back then, too. I mean, that industry is so hard, right? And that I think I took an even harder path um, than some people do. Trying How to, come? I built my own, my own business. I started out in cooking and I took a bunch of different pivots, but I got offered a lot of different restaurant jobs. And at one point, I just decided I'm going to build my own thing. And my own thing wasn't just like a standalone brick and mortar restaurant. It was a, I'm going to go rent out this McMansion. And I'm going to load a 20 something foot trailer with all of these like super heavy, I'm talking like 200, 300 pound tables, chairs, plates, bowls, everything. And I'm going to come to this McMansion. I'm going to remove all the furniture and I'm going to put it in the garage. And then I'm going to set up a nine course tasting menu for 36 people with paired wines, cocktail hour, like a whole thing. Right. And in this endeavor, you know, when you're trying to build a business, you don't necessarily have all of the funds that you need to make it easy, right? So I was the location scout, the chef, the the U-Haul driver, <laughs> the unloader. You know, I had a team as well. But if you're going to do something like that, you have to have a good mindset because if not, you're not going to make it. You're going to have a mental breakdown in the middle of the kitchen. And there were times where I almost hit that point. But I think because I've always been my own kind of cheerleader, I guess you could say, I 
was able to mentally prepare myself for hard things and then talk myself through it. You can really be your own coach if you want to be. And I think that people forget that like the way that you can, you know, talk to other people and get them motivated and get them in the right headspace after maybe they've had a bad day or something, you can do that for yourself. Like you have that tool at your disposal. And so I was able to do it then. And I think that it has only served me, you know, better in trading because it is such a mental game. But yeah, I think I think mindset is everything in this for sure. You talked about uh, working with a coach and the importance of just really having somebody who is outside for ourselves. I love that you're speaking to self-coaching because I completely agree with you. But I'm curious if you're able to just share what was perhaps a perspective. Of course, it's Krita, so please give her a shout out. What's a perspective that she helped you see that perhaps eludes you before that work with her? It was definitely how much time you spend for yourself. Because I think that, you know, as someone who's always worked in hospitality for many years, and before that, I worked in the music industry at a record label. And so I was always serving the artists. So serving the artists, serving the clientele, that's just what I've always done. And so when it came to trading, I was just felt like I was serving the market. And one thing that coaching really put a light on was when I'm struggling, the answer is usually that I have not like spent time on myself or taken time for myself, right? As simple as going for a walk, taking, you know, 30 minutes to read, something like that. So um, I think that was just a, such a light bulb moment for me that I never thought that that was something that would affect my performance. Because in the past, like, if I didn't spend time doing something for me, I just kind of pushed through physically and that was fine. Um, but in this industry, you know, not taking that time can really draw down your energy reserves and it can show in your trading. So now I'm, you know, very aware of that. And if I, you know, if I have a bad day, I, I try to remember that I probably just need to take some time for myself. So coaching really pulled that out of me. Also, you know, just helping get into a, I was already in a performance mindset, but like working through some of the hiccups that you might have in your trading and getting a like a performance plan in place to help you get over those hiccups. So I definitely think coaching is one of the best things that you can do. If you don't, if you can't afford it, there are plenty of, you know, resources out there. Kim has things, Krata has things, you know, until you can get yourself to a point where you could afford it. But never forget, you have you have yourself as your own coach as well. So remember that as well. Absolutely. Just a shout out to Krata. She's just a spectacular person. We've been able to develop a friendship thanks to Andrew and, you know, our affiliation and association with him. So thank you, Andrew, because she's just such a special, uh, brilliant woman. And I'm just really glad to know her. And we, you know, we both spoke about, you know, both of us being coaches and how so perhaps other coaches, you know, would approach uh, getting to know each other. But the both of us have just been like, we just, I think, have enjoyed each other's company so much that like that sense of competitiveness, you know, we're both competitive women, I'm sure, but we just both appreciate each other. And it's just really just lovely to know her. And I just, yeah, very, very special person. So I'm so glad Nathan, that you spoke about your experience with her. Before we're going to probably wrap this up, I'm again wanting to just invite anybody listening here to ask me questions. If you do have one, please just raise your hand so I can approve your request and give you the microphone. Before we close, I think I just want to speak to 
the importance of attitude. That's kind of how we spoke. We started the conversation uh, right back, way back at the beginning. And I just think great place. That's what I really think drew me to you, Megan, when we met at the conference in San Diego, was you just had this incredible, infectious, positive attitude. And I really just want to, you know, kind of caveat that where it's not like everything is perfect or everything is like sunny. It feels to me, at least it did when we first met, that no matter what, perhaps obstacles shows up in front of you, you had this kind of glass half full can do approach how and where did this come from for you just in general yeah this actually just came to me when you asked this question I didn't even think of this earlier but there is this strange question that pops into my head and I mean maybe it's a little bit morbid but like when I'm having a hard time the way that I am able to get my attitude back into a good place or continue to have a good attitude is I like internally ask myself, but are you dead? Like that for some reason, that is like the question that pops up for me. And it somehow motivates me to be like, no, I'm not. Okay, everything's all right. Let's just keep going. And I think that like at the end of the day, like that is the worst case scenario. That is the worst thing that can happen. But 99% of the time, that's not what's happening, right? So we are very grateful to be where we are. And I think that you know, if you are trading, you are far above a lot of the world, right? And so I think the gratitude part of yourself, it can really push you in this career to continue to have a good attitude. The more you can stay grateful and, and grounded, I think it can, it can um, keep your attitude up. And plus, trading is hard, right? So if you have a bad attitude, it's just going to be harder. Yeah, for sure. It's such a beautiful answer. Yesterday, I got to do a Twitter space with... Um, a collection of people who are William O'Neill, you know, students from Brian Shannon's Kathy Donald to Shane Dorian. And they all talked about how, well, Charles Harris, they literally worked with William O'Neill for many years and they spoke to how he was always optimistic. And they, they saw that that optimism and gratitude just constantly, like there was two gentlemen, Mike Webster and Charles Harris were talking about the bear market that came after the, uh, you know, the bubble crash uh, back in 2002. And they were frustrated and annoyed and just like demoralized. And he was just like, you know, O'Neill kind of said the books. I'm like, what do you think? The market's going to only do one thing. Like, are, do you have a home? Do you have a roof above your head? Like, <laughs> we're so lucky to get to trade. And they just said like his constant commitment to optimism. It was always inspiring to them. That's what I see in you, Megan. You seem to have this amazing sense of gratitude and optimism. And it's pretty, it's infectious. It really is. Mm, thank you. I really appreciate that, Kim. Thank you. Yeah, it's the truth. Artie, I'm so glad you're asking the question. Please, the mic is yours. Kim, thanks so much for organizing this. And I saw this on my timeline and I was really excited. So, so glad Megan's uh, getting the well-deserved uh, shine. Megan, my question for you is, uh, are you doing anything in terms of, you know, empowering more women in trading? Is there any initiatives you've started or anything on the side that you're doing uh, to get more uh, female, female traders involved? Thank you. I love that question, Artie. So thank you for asking it. Thanks for being here, man. I really appreciate it. You know, we used to have a women's uh, trading group at BBT. And I think that like it was very successful when we did have it. I have been 
actually contemplating what we could do to um, bring in more female traders because, you know, even myself, when I started trading and when I joined the Bearable Traders community, I came in with a, a name that was more male dominant. So I signed up as Edison because I didn't know how a female would be treated in this industry. And um, I do think there is a need for definitely more female traders to step up to the plate and, you know, create a, a a community and a safe space for female traders to to come into this this world. So I love that you're asking that. There's nothing right now in particular, but it is something that's always kind of in my mind of what could I do to make this a place for women traders? Megan, I just have to tell you, that's the second time I've heard a woman tell me she's gone into a room with a pseudonym to not have it understood immediately that she was a woman. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. I actually think there's a couple people in the community that have also told me that after I told my story in the community. So it just makes me wonder, like, how many women are out here trading, like, you know, in like behind the curtains, like, I would love to meet all of them and really like have them show themselves, right? Because Yes, it's a very male-dominated industry, but there are a lot of women in it and a lot of really great women who like really great traders, right? So it is a safe space. And I think that, yeah, if we could get more vocal about it, if all the women could just start being more vocal about it, I think that we would definitely drive the crowd towards trading. I, I agree with you 100%. And I have to say, even when I wrote my book, I interviewed a number of women who are very high levels in the industry and a couple of them declined to be featured in the book because they didn't want to draw attention to themselves. So that, you know, that was over eight, nine years ago. But I just find it fascinating that that, you know, is even a thought that women have to contemplate. So anyway, I'm just glad that, you know, you shared that just now, just for everyone to realize, like, there is that sense of potential caution that, you know, women need to show at times and just wanting to, you know, it's hard enough trading, never mind to have to potentially be up against any other kind of, you know, challenges. Mike, you've been waiting patiently to ask a question. Please feel free to take the mic. Thanks for being here, Mike. Thanks, Kim. I appreciate you hosting this too. It's been, uh, it's going to be good to listen to your podcast and this is a special cool one. So my question is one of the things you spoke on, Kim, in San Diego was during covid Traders sometimes had the aspect of looking to replace what was going on in their daily lives that had changed during COVID and were searching for that in other areas. One of the things I find is when transitioning from another career, that's also something that it kind of comes up, whether it's something in your personality or something in your career. So I just wanted to ask Megan, hey, Megan, what have you found with transitioning from your past career? that moving over with this, you've missed something and have you replaced it with something outside of trading or did you find a way to make that work? Whether it was that competitiveness or some structure within what we're doing now. Thank you. That's an awesome question, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming. Yeah. So I feel like this is almost a two-part question, but I'll answer it the best I can. So I was mentioning earlier when I was talking to Kim was that, you know, when we come from another career, there are things that may no longer serve us in our new career. Um, and so, you know, in my past career, being able to work fast and push through pain and pull all-nighters were things that like got me to where I needed to go and helped me become successful. And then when I got into trading, that sort of like push through pain was actually something that was detrimental to my trading because, you know, I was 
in the very beginning taking huge losses and things like that. So there's kind of that side of it where when you switch careers, you want to make sure that like what served you in the past may no longer serve you now and to recognize that. And your question about, you know, is there something that I missed? There is definitely, for me, that fast-paced aspect. I've always been a very fast-paced person. And in the beginning of my trading, I found myself trying to trade fast-paced and realizing that I couldn't do it the way that I wanted to without getting hurt in trading. And so I had to slow down to be able to then bring in the fast pace later on. And in the meantime, and this question about COVID is so like really hits close to home for me too, because when I was trading during COVID, I noticed that I used to go to the gym, you know, twice a day for almost, you know, two, three hours at a time sometimes. And I noticed that I was trying to take that out in the market and really just like go the extremes, right? Take really big risk and just like push myself to the extremes and recognizing that. And if you can be self-aware enough to see that that's happening and finding other outlets can really help you with your trading, you know, to say, hey, I'm looking for something here that I maybe used to get. Okay, I can't get it here. Or if I do get it here, I need to kind of like twist it around a little bit, but maybe I go get it somewhere else so that I can keep my trading the way that it needs to be. Great question. Shiv, the mic is yours. What's your question for Megan? And thanks for being here. Thank you, Kim. Hey, Megan, this is Shiv. Love what you guys do at uh, Bearbull Trainers. I want to know what your pre-market routine, not the technical routine, but the body or the mind and the biohack routine looks like. Awesome question, Shiv. Thank you. Um, yeah, so... My routine outside of technical, so I take a hot shower in the morning, like just a quick one to warm up my body, because once you get the blood flow um, into your body, it delivers more oxygen and nutrients to your brain. So we want to make sure that we're getting good blood flow to our brain. And that's one way to do it that doesn't take a lot of time um, and is actually quite pleasant. Sometimes I work out in the morning, but I am on the West Coast. So usually that ends up being in the afternoon because if I work out in the morning, it's got to be like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, so I'll do a hot shower and then I do cold water on my face. So if I'm feeling really brave, a cold plunge in the pool, but sometimes just cold water on the face is enough. Um, I drink a liter of water because dehydration can lead to your brain not working at its optimal state. So I do a liter of water with electrolytes. I take um, nootropics. Right now I'm using a company called Momentus and they have a couple different like, I don't like using the term brain drugs because they're not really drugs. It's mostly vitamins and some of it's stuff that your body already creates. It's just a, a matter of giving your body a little bit more of it. Uh, so I do nootropics. And then the last thing is I sit on my meditation cushion and I, instead of meditating, I actually do breath work. So bringing again, more oxygen into the body, producing more blood flow, getting more, you know, nutrients to the brain. So I do a breath work session and then I start my trading. Beautiful. I think we could talk about biohacking for probably another hour because I think it's so fascinating and I love, you know, how much you've paid attention to it. One clarity I had over the liter of water is that a liter that you drink first thing in the morning or are you spreading that water out through the day first thing in the morning so i usually drink like half of it and then i do like make a pour over coffee and by the time i'm finished with my pour over coffee i drink the second half of it and then i fill it up and i bring it to my office with me so i do it all a whole liter right away in the morning and just get the body warmed up beautiful beautiful Megan, i 
have loved this conversation with you. I'm so happy that you agreed to come to this conversation. Please keep an eye out for the podcast with the first part episode with Zoom video. And then this both will be edited together and released in two weeks. Please be sure to follow Megan on Twitter and all the other platforms she's on. I hope you'll come back, Megan. And I really enjoyed this conversation. And thank you to everybody who came and asked such great questions. It's really been so much fun to have this space with you. Thank you so much, Kim. It was an honor to be here. And I got to say that you and I met in San Diego at a conference. And I have to just say that we have another one of those coming up in New York City on July 30th and 31st. And Kreta is actually going to that one. So I met a really cool coach in San Diego and now I get to meet another <laughs> really cool coach in New York City. So if you guys are in the area or you want to fly in, we do have tickets available. And I would love to meet some of you guys in person the same way I met Kim. Beautiful, beautiful. And a shout out to Andrew for his respect of mindset and featuring coaches at his conference in the first place says so much about how much he realizes that that's of value. So thank you, Andrew, for caring enough about people's mindsets uh, as traders. I sure as heck believe it's the most foundational piece. So we will hopefully have you guys back. Keep an eye out for the traders at the Twitter spaces. I'm doing them quite often. I have another one this Friday with another group. So good to have you follow along. Please look out for Megan's uh, podcast. It'll drop in two weeks. Thank you, Megan. I'm looking forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much, Kim. A lot talk for now. This has been the Wall Street Coach Podcast with Kim Ann Curtin. You can find out more about her and her team online at thewallstreetcoach.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. Thank you for listening.